Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural V-Auto podcast for 2021. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto. Today's episode will focus on two things, a new innovation from V-Auto known as Profit Time 2.0 and a segment on current and near future conditions in the used vehicle market. I've asked V-Auto founder Dale Pollack to join us as our guest for today's podcast. Dale, good morning and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Lance. Good to be with you. Indeed. Now, Dale, we're talking here in the last week of January 2021, and this week marks the launch of Viato's new Profit Time 2.0. There's been ads in automotive news and elsewhere. I'm wondering if you could give our listeners a quick overview of what Profit Time 2.0 is and how it's different from Profit Time itself. Sure. Well, thank you very much. So about 15 years ago, the uh, auto came to market with software that was purpose built to drive certain behaviors that we had fashioned and called velocity management. Mm-hmm. And the basic philosophy of that is turn all of your inventory as fast as possible, the faster, the better. Mm-hmm. And that software at the time was really a challenged philosophy to the traditional thinking, but over the course of the past 15 years or so, it really became mainstream. And the success of the auto as a result, having built and delivered the software to support velocity strategy uh, became uh, very evident. Mm -hmm. But unlike many companies who build their success on a certain product or strategy, the auto and backed by Cox Automotive was bold enough to understand when the game is over and call it over. And what I mean is this, Mm. velocity management worked and it worked very well and it made many dealers very successful. And in fact, reportedly saved many dealers businesses through some very difficult periods. Mm -hmm. But it comes to a point where the environment had changed and it really began to become evident around 2016, 2017, that at some point, so many dealers begin to do it that it essentially becomes a zero-sum game where it, it was a point where average gross profits had gotten so low because everyone was so price sensitive that you simply couldn't make it up in volume. And at the same time, cost of operations go up every year. So the basic strategy for making money with velocity management began to wane. And ultimately, uh, we recognized that. And we were bold enough to search for a different path forward. Hmm. And frankly, we didn't expect to find one, but we did. And and what we discovered are some basic flaws that uh, underlie the assumptions of the way that dealers price vehicles. And two years ago, we introduced profit time. And profit time is a fundamental shift from velocity management. Profit time, when we introduced it two years ago, essentially said to the market, instead of taking the approach of pricing every vehicle as competitively as possible to move it as quickly as possible, what we began to realize with the benefit of data science and data scientists and a wealth of data in our database over the previous 15 years, approximately 2 million transactions, what we began to realize is that some vehicles really don't need to be priced aggressively and they're still gonna move very quickly. And other vehicles need to be priced perhaps even more aggressively. 
And, and we began to take an approach where we analyzed the ROI on vehicles that had sold over the previous 15 years. And we were able to identify certain conditions of vehicles that were directly correlated to their return on investment. And once we identified those characteristics, what we did with Profit Time 2.0 two years ago is we created a scoring system where we put essentially an investment score on every vehicle every day, which signals or reflects its likely ROI outcome when it sells. And those vehicles, again, that, that don't need to be priced aggressively in order to sell quickly and have the high ROI, we now identify those as platinum and gold vehicles and other vehicles that are very price sensitive that are not likely to produce a positive ROI and perhaps even a negative ROI. We identify those as silver and bronze cars, and we built the profit time software to essentially be a compass. That would show every dealer every day what we referred to as true north, true north of every vehicle, what it actually is as a likely ROI investment, and then uh, encourage the dealer to price the vehicle accordingly, some fast to move faster, some to move slower. That was profit time 1.0 that we introduced two years ago. So your question is, what is Profit Time 2.0 and how does it differ than 1.0? Yes. Well, if 1.0 if 1.0 was essentially a compass that pointed true north of every vehicle, then 2.0 is a full-on navigation system. Because the primary feature, new feature of 2.0, is that we provide dealers with pricing recommendations every single day on every vehicle in a range format. So if a dealer were to follow our price recommendations within those ranges on every vehicle every day, it would essentially guide them to the true north outcome of every vehicle, meaning that the vehicles that they follow the recommendations would ultimately sell and reflect the highest possible ROI. So this is really uh, this is really a, a revolutionary breakthrough in the industry. Dealers for many years had asked us to actually tell them how to price their cars, and until recently, we never really understood uh, the right strategy to do it. We knew that velocity management was waning, and we discovered investment-minded management with profit time. But it took us essentially the better part of two years to build the algorithm, which considers factors um, in the market, factors in the dealer's past performance, factors in the dealer's current inventory that now test positive for having the ability to actually direct pricing to achieve that optimal ROI outcome on every car. So it's very exciting. There are some other interesting features of Profit Time 2.0 that create visibility and accountability to the extent to which uh, dealers and managers are following the recommendations, and uh, it's doing very, very well in the market. Now, Dill, Dil, you mentioned something that, so Profit Time 2.0 provides guidance, and I, I want to go to that comment you shared about, you know, dealers asking Viato to tell them how to price cars. It, but I guess, it, could you dis- describe or explain the difference between guidance and actually saying this is the price of the car? Right. Well, the format of the pricing recommendations in Prop Time 2.0 is uh, a suggested pricing range on every vehicle. Mm-hmm. And we do believe that there is uh, still room for judgment and, and experience on the part of a good uh, person making these decisions. But so long as they work within those guardrails, 
because we actually know that if they were to go outside those guardrails, either high or low, that vehicle will ultimately sell perhaps faster or slower, but it's going to sub-optimize its ROI outcome. So within that range, uh, we know that the vehicle will achieve its optimal ROI outcome. But as I said, there are some factors about a vehicle that, you know, a, a human who knows the vehicle and has a sense for its uh, attributes. Uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's there's r some room to maneuver within those recommendations, but we actually have the science proven now where if you price outside those ranges, um, it is going to result in a suboptimal outcome for the ROI. And and just to drill into the ranges for a moment, Dale, I, I'm from. You mentioned earlier that uh, one of the innovations that profit time brought was the investment score and those precious metal designations. And if I understand each precious metal designation, you know, has a, a score that has three potential points. So like a bronze car is one, two, or three, silver is four, five, or six. Does the range then kind of correspond with those numbers within the classification, the metal classifications? It, it does. So okay. as I said, we, we score every vehicle with an investment score on a scale of 1 to 12. A vehicle that scores a 12 would be a vehicle that is likely to ultimately sell and produce the highest ROI. And a vehicle that has an investment score of 1 would be the opposite, where it would uh, ultimately sell and produce little, if any, and perhaps a negative ROI. And then we take those uh, scores on every vehicle from 1 to 12, and we bucket the vehicles into four categories. Vehicles that we see that today that score between 10 and 12, we call those platinum. 7 to 9, we call those gold, and then silver, and then bronze. So the ranges are based initially on the investment score. Mm-hmm. And, and which precious metal bucket the vehicles falls into. But the algorithm for producing the ranges, while it starts with those factors, considers a lot of other things. It considers, as I mentioned, the dealership's past performance, its current inventory, similar vehicles, the, uh, the popularity of the vehicle or the sales rate of the vehicle in the dealer's local market, whether it's certified or not, the dealer's uh, um, success with certified vehicles of their own brand, of off-brand. So it's it's very, very extensive in terms of all that it considers to produce the ranges, but it is foundationally based on the investment score and the precious metal designation. Okay. And, and you mentioned, Dale, too, that um, you know there may be times when at the discretion of a manager, um, or I suppose even the market, a vehicle could a vehicle's price might fall above or below the range, and and I guess how would if I'm a dealer, how do I know that that's happened? Well, that's where the human judgment comes in. So, for instance, we might designate a vehicle as a platinum vehicle, uh, precious uh, precious metal score of a twelve, the, the best possible vehicle. Mm -hmm. However, the person who's looking at the recommended the recommended range knows the vehicle and understands that it has uh, a little bit of an edgy look to it or maybe it has a, a funny tick in the motor there are some aspects of these vehicles which our algorithm and our investment scoring system uh, are not capable today of knowing so this is where the human judgment comes in and that would perhaps motivate the decision maker to recognize, yes, it is a, uh, it is a 12, it is a platinum vehicle, but 
Uh, it's got some deficiencies associated with it. So I'm certainly not going to price this one at the high end of the recommended range. I might price this one at the low end of the recommended range. And, and that's really the beauty of it because it combines the best of sophisticated data science with good uh, human judgment. So is there a way within ProfitTime 2.0, if, if I'm the dealer and I just kind of want to get a sense of how well I'm pricing, or a manager, how well I'm pricing according to the recommendations that I can see that at a high-level view? Yes, this is one of the most uh, valuable aspects of 2.0. So there's a section on the new vehicle summary homepage which we call recommendation alignment. Mm. So for instance, for each precious metal category, let's just take platinum for an example. We'll say, okay, today you have 12 cars in platinum. Three of them are priced uh, below the range. Six of them are priced above the range. So your percentage alignment is X. So if you clicked on the v three price below the range, it will show you those vehicles. Okay. If you price the six or clicked on the six above, it will show you those vehicles. And and again, I, I want to say that there are some legitimate instances where vehicles uh, could be justified pricing outside the range. But this alignment uh, tool shows you the extent to which managers are making those sort of exceptions. Um, and it allows you to, uh, it essentially allows you to know whether your dealership is making uh, pricing decisions within the guardrails or outside the guardrails. And if it's outside the guardrails, the extent to which it's outside and which vehicles are outside. Is there a way, does it, for example, if I, let's go back to that platinum car you talked about, maybe there's that ding in the motor. And, and so I, I, I bump it below maybe it's a high gold instead of uh, platinum is there a place for me to to explain that uh and, and so that somebody else maybe my dealer who says what why are these cars not priced according to this uh range the explanation's right there in front of them yes there's okay. there's notes there's a note section that and that's really a, a best practice recommendation for a manager who does feel that the vehicle needs to be priced uh, as an exception outside the range, uh, they make notes and explain their justification. Okay. So it, it really creates visibility and alignment of, of uh, efficacy of pricing like no system ever has in the past. So the, the combination of the uh, guardrail ranges and the visibility and accountability to observe patterns of exceptions by vehicles or by managers really presents one of the strongest uh, uh, tools for for optimizing ROI that we've ever created and I think exists in the industry. So what are you hearing from, from dealers who've begun using ProfitTime 2.0 deal? It, it would seem to me that there's an upside to it, but I guess what would that upside potentially be? Right. Well, what we observed two years ago when we introduced ProfitTime 1.0 is the dealers who were able to make the cultural shift to pricing vehicles according to their investment value uh, realize significant, and, and I mean fundamentally significant, improvement in their grosses and their net profit. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that is what is to be expected when a dealer begins making investment-minded decisions. And we observed that when we first introduced uh, 1.0 and, and to this day still do. Mm -hmm. But the experience of the dealers using 2.0 is that the time that it takes to make pricing decisions is drastically cut down. 
because, you know, in, in the old B-Auto provision software and even in the original Profitime 1.0, dealers had to consider factors such as competitive sets and market day supply and, uh, you know, all sorts of things and, and really take a lot of independent uh, data points, put them together and form a judgment. Well, this system has already done that work. And it just presents to you the recommendations within the range. So the initially it cuts down uh, substantially all of the time that it takes to, to process all that data. Mm-hmm. But what it also does fundamentally is it gives dealers who have been using profit time 1.0, but not really, you know, the, the, the dealers who initially were the adopters of 1.0, they understood and they, they accepted the principle of pricing vehicles based on optimizing their ROI, but and it showed them the vehicles and directionally how they should be priced, but it really didn't tell them how to do it. Mm. So now this tells them how to do it. And what it essentially does is allows more of the original profit time dealers to realize the promise of the product because for the first time, as I said, it, it guides them as a navigation system would directly to the optimal outcomes of every car. So, so it's, it's a win for, uh, for gross and net profit in a really big way. And it's also a huge time and efficiency saver. I have you seen, I'm just curious, Dale, I, I recall with profit time, um, there was the addition of the trifecta to the appraisal page where it's the profit time score it's the letter grade on the vehicle and it's the strategy action do you need the car or don't you need the car and i i remember speaking with dealers who found that to be helpful with profit time 2.0 how does that help the appraisal process it's self-evident that if you're going to price a vehicle uh to achieve a certain outcome to the extent possible you'd like to purchase the vehicle uh such that you can make money uh, pricing the vehicle as it would ultimately be recommended. Mm-hmm. So profit time gives dealers guidance as to um, what it means for the vehicle as an investment at any given appraisal amount. And and this is mm. a really important point because it often is misunderstood. I've always said that dealers should not they should not uh, appraise a vehicle for the purpose of achieving a certain investment score. Mm-hmm. They should appraise a vehicle for the purpose of buying a vehicle that they need for stock or trading for a vehicle to make a new car deal that they need to make. Let the score fall where it will. And, and then once you've acquired the vehicle and you understand what its true north is, you understand that it's a great or mediocre or perhaps a poor investment, let's just treat it appropriately. Mm-hmm. So so the tool definitely gives the dealer guidance as to what it means as an investment at any given appraisal, but don't let that influence your decision whether or not you should pay that money. If you need the car and that's what it takes to buy it, buy it, but now that you own it, you know what to do with it in order to optimize its ROI. I see, I see, interesting. So what what's your sense, Dale? Uh, it, Profit Time 2.0 is available now. Uh, I know that the virtual NADA convention will also feature that from Viato. Um, where do you expect it to be at the end of the year? Let's let's scroll ahead to next January as Profit Time 
2.0 hits the market, um, what's your sense of where that product will be and where dealers will be with that product? Well, uh, without sounding like I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid, and <laughs> I hope I'm not, I, I think this is absolutely the new standard uh, for the industry. It 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 is proven to change outcomes of gross and net profit of used vehicle operations substantially. And it also makes the job of the person responsible for pricing the vehicles uh, much easier and, and better. So I honestly cannot imagine uh, once a dealer begins to understand the, the, the theory of the strategy mm -hmm. and sees the uh, software, I, I can't understand why it just won't be the industry standard uh, you know, in a relatively short period of time. It, it, it does require some change in thinking and culture, mm -hmm. it, admittedly, and, and perhaps that might be uh, a factor to be considered. But I have no doubt that um, what the original provision and velocity method of management did for P the auto in the first 15 years, this is the future of the industry and the future of our company. Good. Well, speaking of the future, Dale, that's a nice uh, segue to the last uh, segment here. I I'd like to spend a couple minutes just talking about the market. Um, you know, there's more federal money in the in the marketplace and the possibility of more on the way. Uh, we have some word that we may actually have infrastructure spending happening, um, which would help people who lost jobs get back to work in some cases. I'm curious, what are you hearing about where, how, how these things may affect the market and where the market might be in the weeks and months ahead in used vehicles? I cannot remember a time in my career where I have more optimism hmm. uh, about the future of the market, at least in the first half of 2021, than I have today. Um, reason? Uh, a number of factors that led to an unbelievable uh, great used car year for dealers in 2020 mm -hmm. are setting themselves up in 2021, at least the first half, and, and perhaps even more so. so. So what am I referring to? Well, stimulus money in 2020 came in April, and the moment it came, um, sales just took off. Mm -hmm. And we have, it looks like, we have pretty good certainty about another round of stimulus money, and it might even be as much or more as it was last time. Um, we also um, understand that, you know, as happens every year, we got tax season coming, which is a, a big accelerant to sales. We have uh, people who have been locked down in their homes for the past year, more or less, not spending money on travel, leisure, recreation, bars, restaurants, and the like. And consequently, what the Federal Reserve tells us is that there's approximately $1.8 trillion of excess savings in people's accounts. Hmm. Um, so they're not, they're not spending money on all the other things they would otherwise be spending money on. Household savings <clears throat> are record high. And uh, buying a car is, for most people, generally a uh, exciting and happy experience. And they're also more reluctant, I think, to use public transportation, mm -hmm. cabs, Ubers, lifts, trains, buses. So I think more and more people are thinking they need a second, third, maybe a fourth car. So you combine all those ingredients 
and mix them up. And what you have is the environment for some very strong sales. We saw it last year. And it looks like most, if not all, of these factors still exist, at least in the first half of this year. So I say to dealers, um, prepare yourself. And preparing yourself, in, in my judgment, doesn't mean going out and buying more inventory than you should, but uh, ready your, your systems and your staff for what I'm believing to be a, a very strong 2021. That's a that's a good summation, Dale, of uh, the demand side. Let's just spend a moment on the supply side, because my understanding is that with all that demand, that might put some constraints on a s- supply of used vehicles that perhaps is a little behind where it might normally be. Right. Supply uh, in the wholesale market is is short. So what this points to is the need for dealers to invest and sharpen uh, skills in the area of, of vehicle acquisition uh, in non-traditional uh, ways, meaning from uh, from the public directly, perhaps from uh, from the service department. Mm-hmm. I think uh, trade appraisal process really needs to be reviewed um, and re-reviewed on a constant basis. So dealers are learning today and I think will really be important to continue the advancement of, of, of their skills to acquire vehicles in a non-traditional way. I mean, going to auction will only get you so far. Yeah. So uh, dealers really need to uh, expand their horizon on, on acquisition strategies. Well, that's a good, a good uh, point of guidance for the future, Dale. As always, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Lance. It's always great to be with you. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining this episode of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well.